Those that serve God with their spirits may, with a humble confidence, appeal to him. Hypocrites who rest in bodily exercise cannot. Now his, Paul's, particular prayer among many other petitions he put up for the Romans was that he might have an opportunity of paying them a visit, making a request, if by any means, etc. Whatever comfort we desire to find in any creature, we must have recourse to God for it by prayer. For our times are in his hand, and all our ways at his disposal. That, my friends, was Matthew Henry's commentary. Well, hello and welcome to the program, everyone. I am Neil Parks. More than any other individual, Paul was responsible for the spread of Christianity throughout the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago. He made three missionary journeys through much of the Mediterranean world. Though physically unimpressive, Paul, he possessed an inner strength granted him through the Holy Spirit's power. That's Philippians 4, 13, and we'll read. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we're in the epistle of Romans, chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 today. Verse 10, Every time that I pray for you, Paul speaking to the Romans, I ask God for a chance that I might visit you soon. I pray that he will make it possible if that is what he, God, wants. Verse 11, I want very much to come and see you. Then I can give some gift from God's Spirit to you that will help you to be strong as you serve God. Now, what's missing for Paul is precisely what Paul is praying for in Colossians 1.9, where he writes to the Colossians, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, namely, that we would come to know God and know his will in or by spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, the word spiritual modifies both of those nouns. Spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. The key word is spiritual, which in Paul's language refers to something that has given by and formed by the Holy Spirit. It's not just a vague feeling of mysticism or something like that. It's a Holy Spirit given, a Holy Spirit shaped wisdom and understanding. 
Therefore, he, Paul, longs to see them face to face, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, he says. After all, his words were not only filled with spiritual affection and encouragement for the Romans, but they were breathed out by God himself. So Paul believes something will happen when he sees them that will not happen in the same way or at the same level through his letter. Now, in this case, it is arguably the single greatest letter ever written in history. So, what is that face-to-face reward in relationships? It's a unique spiritual gift that imparts unique spiritual strength. Look at Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, as the writer says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Paul here goes on in verse 12 to explain his reason for the visit. He says, That is that I, Paul, may be encouraged together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. So Paul made the extraordinary effort to be with his fellow believers because he knew the extraordinary potential of being face to face. He knew the potential joy of truly being together. You can read it in 2 Timothy 1 and Philippians 2. So while eye contact is precious in any kind of intimate or important conversation, meaningful interaction is about far more than the eyes. Paul says to the Philippians, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4.9. So notice all the dimensions to their relationships, far more than mere letters could ever accomplish. It is a bond lived out in flesh and blood, space and time, a uniquely offline phenomenon of love. Now, my friends, we are one body in Christ Jesus. Paul couldn't wait to gather with them and be with believers at Rome. And with that said, in these last days that we are living in, the church must understand that division, denomination, if you will, has to subside. God hasn't created separation with his bride. 
Paul didn't ask the Christians at Rome to what what denomination they were. He was just thrilled that they were born again. So Paul wanted to be a blessing to them, the Romans. And he also wanted to be blessed by them as well. Paul was sure that the Romans would help him just as he would help them. So he tells them in the Greek that you and I may be mutually encouraged. He does not specify who is to be encouraged, though clearly he means himself. But at this point, he, Paul, is just putting more emphasis on his receiving from the Romans than on their receiving from him. He, Paul, would certainly give them all he could. But he wants to leave no doubt. But he expected to be encouraged by their faith. My beloved listeners, we need each other's encouragement. Can you say amen to that? We need each other's encouragement today, just like Paul needed the Romans church 2,000 years ago. Look at James 5, 13 through 16. James says, Is anyone among you suffering? He must pray. Is anyone joyful? He is to sing praises to God. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders or the spiritual leaders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps or your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or a believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I say, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you humbly today. We come in your name. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would empower us to understand the togetherness of the body is so, so important. We come boldly to you. We come with one another on our minds, as Paul did. He looked at the church at Rome, and he couldn't wait because he'd heard so many good things about the church there. He needed them, and they needed him. Father God, we need 
one another. We, as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, will not be split in heaven. We need to understand that we have giftings, each one of us, to share amongst the other believers, or you could say the lilies of the garden. So, Lord, we just lift this up to you, and we praise you and thank you in Jesus' precious, precious name. Well, my friends, it's been so good to have you with us today. Maranatha, I'm Neil Parks.